0: Hi, Damien DeMarcus from 100 Not Out here. MP? Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter The Journey of Me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo. this beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, The Journey of Me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.w-e-l-l-i-n-e-u-x.com.
1: TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam.
0: I'm Damien Kristoff, and I'm Brett Hill.
1: And this is the Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness to your lives. Gentlemen, we got a special guest today. Um, you know, this might be right up your alley there, Damien, because we're going to be talking about whole foods, not it. just whole foods, just organic whole foods. We have mm. a very, very special person who's, you know, beach going, sun loving, fun loving and movement devoted mother of two young children. She's actually now so dedicated that she's actually created a store called Star Niece Organic Whole Foods. Now she's a certified mind practitioner and was also the nutritional coach for the Sydney Roosters and the year prior to their 2013 NRL grand final victory. So welcome to the show. S- Sula Chamberlain,
2: thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Sula, it's been a fantastic journey. We've seen you created some whole bunch of products, but let's start right from the beginning. What what got you into into health and wellness, and what got you into this organic whole food movement?
2: Ah, oh, great question. Um, I'd like to say vanity, but I think it's something a lot deeper than that. I guess it's just a desire. To um, look and feel my best, and to understand what makes the human body tick, what makes us fire on all six cylinders, and really function properly and perform our best, so we can reach our true potential. Um, so that's really what it's all about. I always have had this thirst and appetite to um, to understand. Um, how with the foods that we eat how we can best optimize our function and our movement and the way we, we look and we feel I was a macrobiotic vegetarian for about 10 years um, and even though I was a healthy vegetarian healthiest vegetarian I knew I ate absolutely no processed foods uh, my body just fell apart I literally started breaking bones um, I stopped ovulating I had cystic acne succumbed to colds and flus and I think that was because my body just wasn't um What what was nutrient deficient. I was mineral deficient. So one door led to another door and I stumbled across the works of Dr. Weston A. Price and that got me onto the journey of nutrient-dense traditional whole foods and an appreciation of how um, it's absolutely critical that we fuel our body with nutrient foods so that we can optimise our form and function.
3: So, So what was it originally that made you decide to go vegetarian? What was your initial sort of impetus there?
2: Um, That was because my uh, ex-husband, my ex-partner at the time, um, was a Buddhist, and in pursuing that that Buddhist philosophy, he wanted to become a vegetarian, and at the time, in my early 20s, it sounded like it would be a healthier option. Uh, The messages we were getting from uh, mainstream dietetics was to cut saturated fat eat low dairy, cut out red meat. So it wasn't a big sort of step or leap of faith to assume that a vegetarian diet would be a more healthy one. So I said, okay, I'll do that.
0: I'm liking it. I'm liking this. It's uh, because a lot of people do um, jump on to different eating programs on trend, um, and there's a lot of different trendy things around at the moment, and of course- you know, we talk a lot about that on the Wellness Guys and and many of the different shows that we do. We talk about the trendy stuff, but there's some yes. basic principles um, about eating. You know, really good food and real food um, that kind of stand true. And it appears just looking through your website that you've really embraced all of that, which is great. And uh, and and what I'm really interested in because I was talking to my cousin last night, she was saying she's having difficulty feeding her little boy who's three and a half. And uh, But I'm looking at all these images of your children or children um, eating this beautiful food. What's your secret there to get kids eating this amazing food?
2: Don't give them a choice, really. <laughs> it's, it's, and I think the younger you get them on board, the obviously the easier it is. And then when their palates get that taste and appreciation of nutrients and of real food, they, they really love it and they thrive on it. Um, so I actually wrote a blog post on this very issue of, you know, um, how to, how to engage with fussy eaters. And I think, you know, the choice is basically eat this or nothing at all. And believe me, in the face of starvation, I think that bacon and egg breakfast is going to start looking mighty fine. Um, I think when, when parents really give children, um, too many choices in terms of, well, if you don't want that, how about this meal? And if you don't want that, I'll cook you another meal. Um, I think they were just really creating a rod for their own back.
1: So did you actually start this uh, right from when they were young or did you sort of develop it throughout <laughs> when they were growing up?
2: Um, well, my son was almost two when mm-hmm. I made the switch from macrobiotic vegetarian to traditional whole foods. And my second, um, my my daughter was, um, I was pregnant with her. So from utero, this is all she's known.
1: That's fantastic. That's great. Well, lo- taking a look at some of the, you know, obviously you transitioned your passion, you know, within the home to obviously expanding it and to actually creating products. So what, what was the inspiration on that? Is that people yeah, started asking about, about yeah, it? Yeah,
2: that's right. So basically 10 years ago in Sydney, you couldn't really buy a lot of the these nutrient-dense foods. Like no one in the market made raw sauerkraut. No one was making bone broth. No one made, and still to this day, I don't think, makes um, organic chicken liver pate from pastured chickens. No one was making sweets or treats that didn't have refined sugar in them or agave syrup in them. Um, The activated nuts were on the market weren't particularly crunchy. So I've got this saying, desperation breeds creativity. So I felt I had no choice but to start making the foods that I knew were were necessary to rebuild my body. Um, And I I love creating and making things, so it, it wasn't a burden. So I started making this stuff. Um, And noticed massive improvements on my health and my son's health and my ex partner's health uh, almost immediately. Um, And then friends would come over and try the food, and they would want to buy it. And then friends of friends would want to buy it. And then before I knew, I gave up my job as a lawyer and just started making and selling Whole Foods. And then people were really interested in wanting to learn why I was making the foods I was making and why I was preparing them in such a way. So that's how the cooking classes started. Um, And then I saw that people still were confused as to what to eat for breakfast, lunch and dinner, what are optimum snacks, where do I get all this stuff from, what water filters do I use, so on and so forth. So then I pulled together 10, 20 years of research and put it all together in a slide pack and with fact sheets, and that's how the one-on-one health coaching sessions start for people who really want a little bit more hand-holding and who want all the jigsaw piece puzzles to put together in one neat two-hour package.
3: So so I'm really curious about your transition because you just mentioned very briefly there that you you gave up law to pursue this. Yeah, I was
2: a lawyer for 10 years.
3: There would be heaps of people listening to our podcast who do all sorts of various different things who would love to give up what they're currently doing to pursue their passion and many of them, is, it is a passion in health and wellness. So how did you come to that decision? How hard was that decision and what tips do you have for other people who are in a similar situation considering making that giant leap to give up you know, their, their bread and butter earnings to pursue their passion?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. It's hard, particularly when, you know, you, um, you're not the sole breadwinner um, or you're a mother with two young children. I mean, that was um, a really scary decision to, you know, give up, you know, a very handsome salary. But at the end of the day, I think you've got to do what you love. You've got to wake up in the morning and jump out of bed and really look forward to your day. And I just wasn't feeling that as a lawyer, even though I was a very good one. It's just it wasn't my passion. And I think that um, I think that fortune ultimately will follow passion and if you're really driven and passionate about something you'll you'll find a way and you'll make it work. Um, maybe initially you know it might mean doing both you know jobs part time until one overtakes the other. Um, I think it means you know finding support where you can um, and just sometimes just ha- taking that leap of faith that everything will be okay and having a vision and and you know driving and charging towards it.
0: That's yeah, nice. Um, actually, Lawrence uh, does a lot of change and he's actually uh, talking about how people can transition from one career to the next one. So maybe he might need to be a guest on one of his, uh, his things, LT. What do you think about that one? I'm actually a little bit shocked because Brett said bread and butter and I nearly fell off my chair because I, I didn't know what he – I didn't think he knew what man. bread was. I was like, what sort of bread are you talking about, brett But uh, I've looked at your website and I'm really fascinated because there's a lot of really beautiful recipes in there um, and it seems that you've made things very, very easy for um, your, uh, let's just say, fans um, and other yeah. people who are wanting to be fans of yours uh, to, to get access to you and to find out information um you know, which otherwise is quite difficult to get access to, is it part of what you want to do just to, you know, help create wellness and health, you know, through your environment and every now and then you'll take a coaching client on or, you know, what's your main driver with this particular website?
2: Well, there's three main arms to the business. There's, you know, making the the manufacture and sale of the products, so um, there's, secondly, there's the cooking classes, so teaching people how to make things from scratch in the kitchen very simply and easily. And then there's the one-on-one health coaching sessions. And I, I see a role for all three, and for me personally, they're all equally important. You know, if people can't make things themselves, they know where to get it from. And I love educating people. I, I really love whole foods and I love sharing what I know. So the one-on-one health coaching sessions I think are really important and people... Everyone walks away from a session and saying, you've changed my life. You've turned everything I knew inside out, upside down, and I'm so excited. So, you know, when you get that positive feedback, you can't help but, you know, want to do that more and more and more. So I see a role for all three limbs of the business. And then, of course, I suppose there's a fourth limb, and that's blogging. That's basically just, you know, sharing information, getting recipes out there, nutritional tips, holistic lifestyle tips, um, you know, what whatever's happening in the whole food scene in Sydney and beyond, just keeping people informed and abreast of of really what's going on.
1: I'm I'm sure that you deal with a lot, obviously a lot of different types of clients uh, when you're doing your coaching model. And so, when you're coaching these clients, what are what seems to be the common or the biggest frustration that people are, are dealing with right now? Mm-hmm.
2: It's I don't know what to eat. Mm. People are really confused. High fat, low fat, avoid cholesterol, low salt, high salt. Do we have grains, don't have grains, high protein? Like there's just so much confusion out there. And really the food we eat shouldn't be confusing. It's not confusing to animals. You know, mm-hmm. we are we are animals. We're instinctively, you know, we should instinctively know what we should eat. But unfortunately, governments and big businesses made it very confusing for us and confusing for people. And, you know, most people just put their faith in mainstream dietetics or the government or they think, well, if a product is allowed to be sold, it must be good for us. So people have been misguided, I think. And I see my role in debunking a lot of these myths and just setting people straight and um, availing them of the truth and robust science and saying this is what we are biologically designed to eat, and then we amend that to suit your specific physiology. So, for example, if someone's gut needs to be healed, we might need to, you know, um, eliminate certain foods, heal the gut, and then they can go on to eat the full plethora of traditional, nutrient-dense, whole, unprocessed foods as we are designed to eat.
1: You know, I'm just going to have a follow-up question here. Like a lot of people who listen to this podcast on a regular basis will probably know the answer to this, but some, we might actually have some first-time listeners. So I just want you to clarify this because you have a, a store obviously dealing with organic whole foods. What does that mean to you so that people are clear on what that means?
2: Okay, it means food made from ingredients that are as close as possible to nature in their whole, unadulterated, unprocessed state. Okay, so they've been grown or reared in the way that nature has intended. I, I don't often like to use the word organic um, and people have said to me it's really interesting that in my cooking classes and my consultations and often in my blogs I, I, I try and avoid using that word and it often gets people's backs up. I just like talking about the distinction between real food versus processed foods and, and that's how I talk about it to my children, like where has this come from? What's being done to it? Has stuff been taken out and added in to increase the shelf life? Um, or is it just real food the way nature intended that hasn't been sprayed, hasn't been adulterated in any way? And the more we align ourselves and eat food um, that's grown and reared as nature intended, well, the more we just, you know, fire on all six cylinders and we can hum and thrive and perform our best.
3: Well, Sula, so you've mentioned a couple of things there. You've spoken about, uh, you know, educating your kids and getting your kids into great, healthy food. You know, you spoke a bit about misinformation and I find that, you know, sometimes I look at the information that comes from the schools about what's good food or, you know, mm. you look at the tuck shop with their traffic light system, yeah. you know, what's green, what's amber, what's red. Um And I find there's some misinformation there sometimes as well. So you've actually written a book for kids' lunch boxes. How did that come about? And, And tell us a bit about your book.
2: Yeah, so that came about because mothers were coming up to me all the time and saying, well, if you don't feed your kids any grains or much, if any, grains or refined grains in particular, and you don't feed them processed foods, then what on earth do you put in their school lunches? And I'm sitting there scratching my head thinking, are you kidding me? Like, you know, what did we eat prior to the agricultural revolution and prior to the industrial revolution? So I started taking photos and posting them on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter daily of what my kids were taking for lunch just to show parents that. You know, we're just getting back to the basics here. You know, meat, dairy, vegetables, fruit. It's pretty simple. Um, And then my web designer, when I did a rehaul of my website earlier this year, she said, you know, Sula, this would be a really great idea if you just put all this together in an ebook. Um, with some information and some photographs and get that out there because I think parents really struggle with preparing nutrient-dense food for their children. It just seems to be the Vegemite sandwich is, you know, the staple. And I think parents deep down know that that's probably not as healthy as it could be. So this book ended up turning into I think it's over 66 pages, half of which is nutritional theory because I'm really big on, making sure that parents understand why I'm advocating the food that, I make for my for myself and my children. So I spend a lot of time debunking uh, mainstream, you know, dietetics myths and spend a lot of time educating people on what is it that we're biologically designed to eat. So I make that very simple and then the rest of the book is just photographs of sample lunches um, that my kids take to school and then every day I still continue to take those photos And I think parents really appreciate it. I I get a lot of parents coming up to me um, saying, I really, I really love what you do because I look at that, get some inspiration, and I copy it the next day. And then I ran a lunchbox workshop earlier this year, um, a cooking class where um, I actually got people to time me uh, in the kitchen on how long it took to put one of these typical lunchboxes together. And in each cooking workshops that i did on school lunches it always came under 5 minutes so i think that was pretty impressive i think the average was about 2 minutes just to throw together some vegetables and some you know pasture dairy or protein source
0: Loving it, loving it. There's a lot of people. In fact, I've just shared your website with a couple of my friends and family that are looking for a bit of extra guidance. So um, there'd be a lot of people out there thinking, "Oh, great, this just sounds so easy." One of the things that you just said before, Sula, which I really liked, was uh, nutritional theory. Um, and you know, really, one of the things that I've noticed is that almost everything um, to do with nutrition is a theory. There's nothing really that's scientifically proven. There's a lot of science around the human body and the way in which we respond or react to different triggers and Um, environmental um, inputs, but there's not much um, absolute science that applies to absolutely absolutely every single human being on the planet uh, when it comes to uh, food. It's all based on some kind of a premise or theory, which I love that you mentioned that. Where do you get all of your theory and information from because we've we're all um, health professionals. We've gone and done extra study and done all that sort of thing. But you've got a pretty uh, well grounded philosophy. Uh, where did you get all yours from? Um, is it all from Weston A. Price? or Have you gone and done more research?
2: No, it's all it's a bit of a mismatch. Weston A. Price was the foray um, or the introduction into this world um, coming from macrobiotic vegetarianism, um, and then from there. The works of people like Chris Kressa, Chris Masterjohn, um, Catherine Shanahan, who wrote Deep Nutrition. She's the, uh, new, she's the nutrition coach for the LA Lakers, I think. Um, uh, Mark Sison, he does a lot of great stuff, particularly in the movement space. And then there's um, a lot of great Australian resources as well, like naturopath Anthea Caluris and some great interactive um, GPs like Dr Mignot that I work very closely with. Um, I read voraciously. You know, there's a lot of um, podcasts that um, I listen to um, and and articles that I read, um, but making sure that, you know, what I read is grounded in, you know, robust science and we can look at anthropologic, anthropological evidence and robust science um, to give a lot of grounding. But, yeah, I guess my favourite resources would be, if I had to pick one, would be Chris Cressar
1: um one of the key things that i know a lot of listeners love to some practical advice uh in terms of you know what to do with their families and kids and obviously you have a passion for kids and that's why hence you wrote the book and so let's talk about you know talk about lunches but what about uh breakfast you know uh which is one of uh damien's favorite uh meals of the day um what do you what do you what what kind of breakfast are your kids eating
2: yeah that's really interesting you raise that's very timely because at the moment i'm running a round of breakfast workshops oh there you uh, go so yeah my last one is on tomorrow night. This will be uh, number number four for the year. Um, so um, once again, breakfasts, traditional breakfast, trying to get people away from boxed breakfast cereals and onto a real food breakfast. My basic go-to breakfast would be bacon and eggs with some greens and a kefir smoothie. Um, But I give people other options in my workshop booklets. So pancakes made from, you know, activated buckwheat or, you know, soaked chia seed porridges, um, bacon and egg muffins for people that are, you know, on the go. Um, I've got, uh, I crafted a few years back um, a gluten-free, Uh, breakfast muesli um, made with lots of activated nuts and seeds and a bit of dried fruit, vanilla bean powder. um, And that's really beautiful with some full fat yogurt. So we go through lots of different um, breakfast options, both on the go and people wanting to, you know, make the effort to, to make a cooked breakfast. And once again, I get people to time me. And for me, I'm in and out of the kitchen having made breakfast and lunches for the kids in 15 minutes in the morning. So I think, you know, as I say to people in my cooking workshops, the more you do something, you just can't help but getting better at it. Um, and I'm committed. You know, my health is really important. I'd rather spend that 15 minutes in the kitchen every morning, making them a great breakfast and a great healthy lunch. So I have to spend zero time waiting in doctor's surgeries throughout the year.
3: I like that, so I like that. Um, I'm really curious Sula, about your experience with the rugby team because obviously you're speaking a lot about yeah. kids here but then moving yeah. into a field of professional athletes and rugby players is going to be a very different environment. So yeah. how did you find your message went across in that environment and, and then I guess the second part of that is how did you have to adapt your message to fit into the needs of professional athletes?
2: Yeah, that was really interesting. So back in 2012, I was approached by the Sydney Roosters to be their nutrition coach. Um, There were only two players at the time, Anthony Minocello and Marty Kennedy, um, who were eating a traditional whole foods diet um, and they came across me and and got me involved. The rest of the players, and we're talking 18 to 22-year-old Aussie guys um, that are just on a very mainstream conventional diet of high, high grains, protein powders, Gatorade, you know, Subways, vodka laybacks on weekends. So um, I had to really make it simple for them. Once again, we went through the nutritional theory. We couldn't just launch into making things. They had to understand why we are throwing out the grains The industrial seed oils and the sugars, and why we are now eating meat with the fat on it, organ meats, making good use of the bones of the animals. Why we're eating unsprayed veggies and a little bit of fruit. Why we're having unprocessed dairy. So I had to go through all that and make sure make sure they really understood it and took ownership of it, and then taught them what to have for breakfast, what to take for lunch, what to have for dinner. So you know, slow cooked casseroles. Taught them how to cook organ meats, raw meats, um, how to make a bone broth. Um, and I think once they started consuming this food, they, they, they their bodies just thrive. They just they love it like we all do. And they went from the bottom of the ladder, literally, to the top of the ladder within 12 months. And then once you've seen that and experienced that tremendous improvement on every measure. Um, of their athletic performance there's just no going back so um, as far as I know to this day like my job was done I then left um, and as far as I know yeah to this day they, they're, they're still eating a nutrient dense traditional whole foods diet um, from what I hear they're still bringing their lunches in they have eschewed all the grains and and refined sugars and don't having not having sports drinks they're just having you know water and bone broth and whole milk Um, so it's really wonderful to see that you know these tremendous improvements can be made simply by just reverting back to what we're biologically designed to eat and i keep harping on about it but when you do that you know their six cylinders just you know literally fire and they, they they're performing better than ever
0: that's pretty good are they still performing well
2: I think so. I, to be honest, I don't actually follow rugby. You know, when I came on board, I um, actually had to sit down with one of the players and say, Can you explain the game to me? Um, I, st- I started watching it when I was their nutrition coach, but just found the game's just too painful. I was just yeah, too, on tenter hooks the whole time. Um, but as far as I know, I think they're doing, they I think they're doing well.
1: They won the minor, um, minor premiership this year, did they? That's pretty yeah. good. That's pretty yeah.
0: good. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Because uh, I know the demons here in in Melbourne, um, Melbourne demons. They went paleo, and that was really big. They um, that was announced on the on the news. It was front cover of the Herald Sun, and um, and the demons finished in the top half of the bottom eight, and uh, mm. so they didn't really do too well. And I don't know whether or not it's a mindset thing, and maybe this is a, a job for LT with some of the football teams around. That yes, they should be moving towards a, a very um, unrefined eating program and much more whole food, which is very really, very important. Um, but sticking to it, I think, is also the key. And and I think that many people um, drift in and out of these uh, of of a way of eating that's actually really healthy and go for more. Um, I don't know, easier options or more convenient options. Um, Do you teach people how to make this stuff convenient so they don't slip back?
2: Yeah, I do. So my nutritional philosophy is that the food that we eat should not only taste delicious and be nutrient dense, but it should be really simple and easy to make okay so that's a really big thing for me as a time poor single mom of two young children as much as I love cooking and crafting and creative things I don't want to be in the kitchen all day you know I've, I've got shit to do so I have over the years fine-tuned things to a point where I want to share with people how to make it really simple so you know a breakfast and, and making lunches for the kids shouldn't take more than 15 minutes in the morning um, and dinner i'm in and out of the kitchen in 10 minutes it shouldn't take longer than that so really easy options i teach people what things that they should have a stash of on hand so they don't get caught out um and also you know where to buy it from at the most affordable prices that's really important too so people know where to shop
1: nice where where do you shop? Um, you know, obviously for a lot of parents, they're just trying to, you know, they struggle not only what to eat, but they also struggle where to find these, you know, great food. And obviously your store would be fantastic. But where do you get your products to Is outside of, because you can't make everything. Um, so where where do you shop for, you know, the, for the best food? Where would you recommend people to to look for the best uh, products that are out there?
2: Yeah, well, I've got a shopping list. So when people come to see me for one-on-one nutritional consultations, I've got a shopping list. Unfortunately, it's not not. Everything is under the one roof, mm. so it's kind of like a bit of a reversion of going back to the days of you know how we used to um, how we used to shop, you know, back in yesteryears where before the days of supermarkets, so going to a local butcher, grass fed and finished butcher um, for your meats, going to a farmers' markets for your fruit and veg, um, so sort of, and, and in doing so, you really forge great connections with the community and get to know people and and yeah develop this greater understanding of where your food comes from. I mean, I feel very blessed living in the Sydney's eastern suburbs, which I think is sort of the Whole Foods hub of Australia. So, you know, at my fingertips here, there's so many different places I can go to to buy um, fresh unsprayed, you know, organic fruit and veg and unprocessed dairy and pastured meats. And, you know, I always always impress on people, check out your local farmer's markets. It cuts out... The middleman, and they are often a great source of you know unsprayed fresh produce, and you've reduced the mileage from you know soil to plate, and you know it's a really great and fun atmosphere at your local farmers markets. But you know people in Sydney that um, want to come and see me, or in Melbourne, I have a similar list in Melbourne. Um, people can contact me, and, and we can you know I can hold your hand and we'll walk through that together.
3: Nice. That's great. So, that, so we haven't got much time left, but in the last couple of minutes, you mentioned earlier, Mark Sisson and some of the cool stuff he does with primal mm. fitness. So what do you do from a fitness perspective?
2: Yeah. So I talk about um, the eight foundations of health and One of those obviously is nutrition, and for me that's the main one because I think if you've nailed the diet, you're 80% there. Um, Movement is the second one. Um, So my personal movement regime has sort of evolved and changed over the years. At the moment I'm really focusing a lot on fascia release through foam rolling and the rubber balls and I try and do 45-minute classes a few times a week. Um, That's really changed my life. And then from there, when your fascia is released, it's a good um, springboard to then go into some interval training so I try and do some interval training classes um, a few times a week, and then something that I really love, like dancing, a dance class a week. And I love being out in nature, bushwalking. So I try and fit in quite a long bushwalk um, once a fortnight with family and close friends, um, and you know, spending um, as uh, much time as I can outdoors in sunshine, exercise. And doing some sand sprints is always fun as well. And then, you know, stretching is really important too. So if I can squeeze in a yoga class or just do some stretches on the floor of my lounge room, that's great. So I think when you combine the fascia release, the interval and strength training and the stretching, for me those three are a really great, um, you know, great foundation for movement.
1: Well, Sula, thank you so much for this. It's been a great episode. We learned so much and I hope to, I'm sure that the audience got a lot out of that too. Uh, if you want to know more about Sula and uh, her company, go check out check out StarAniseOrganic.com. We'll put the link right directly into the show notes. So make sure you go check it out on the TheWellnessCouch.com under this particular episode. Um, there's, you know, She's got books and she's got products and also workshops and coaching as well. So make sure you go check that out. Thank you so much for being on the show, uh, Sula, and uh, really appreciate you sharing your knowledge.
2: Well, thank you so much, guys, for having me. I had a lot of fun.
1: Thanks, Sola. Guys, make sure you join us on the facebook.com slash The Wellness Guys or The Wellness Couch. Like us there while you're there. Share this podcast with your friends, families, and other strangers you think need a wellness update. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a great rating and leave a comment there on iTunes. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Leave by example. Let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guys Show.